You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Hello and welcome to Sundays at Home. I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, hope everybody's doing all right. I uh, just want to share with you some of the things that I've been up to over these past few weeks. Um, gotten a little uh, stir crazy, and so started to put my hands together on some wood and try and try and start building things and uh, built uh, refinished some things that we picked out of somebody else's trash and uh, like a desk and a table and things like that. But one thing we did is uh, I bought some lumber from from Lowe's, had it delivered. And uh, I tried my hand at building a swing set for our kids, uh, mostly for my younger ones. But uh, built this big monster swing set, and it was awesome. Got the plans off of like a do-it-yourself website, and it was it was pretty impressive. It was this it's like a 12-foot high swing set. It was, I mean, I was feeling proud of myself. You see, I grew the mustache just just to, you know, I was feeling manly. It was it was great, and um, and uh, I, I needed some. Along the way, I realized I was going to need some help. I need some help doing it. So I know social distancing, but I called my dad. Said, "Hey, could you come over?" And uh, we were we had, we had so he was we we wore gloves. It was great. It was okay. So we we stayed apart, but we were building this thing together and uh, put it up in the backyard, and it was great. And we had to had to just push it up. Now it had sort of like an A-frame. Had to put it up, and I was trying to push it up. And we started, and we got to a point. Where we said, "Yeah, uh, this is pretty big. We're gonna get in tr- we're gonna get in some trouble here." And so uh, called up Pastor Kevin. For those who don't know, he. He lives close by, and so uh, he came over again, social distance. We maintained our space, but uh, he came over to help. And uh, we, we, it was the three of us pushing our ladder, and we finally got the thing up and over, and it's a beast. It's huge. It's absolutely incredible. Um, you can see a picture. It's just uh, I'm pretty proud of myself there. Um, yeah, don't judge us based on the fence, but it looks great. It looks great. Um, and, uh, you know, just that idea of help. You know, help helps one of those things. It's assistance and support when you can't do uh, what you want to do on your own. I needed help. There was no way I was going to get that thing up and over uh, on its on, on the right side up on my own. There was no way. Even two of us, we needed we needed all three of us to get it done. And uh, we all need help, right? Help's one of those things uh, that we all need, and none of us want to admit. We like to be seen as self-sufficient. We like to you know project that we're we're good. We got it under control. We're all right. The truth is, we all need help. I don't know if you're feeling it, but going through this time. Uh, we need help. And there's people. I, I miss your. I miss your humor. I miss your encouragement. You know. I miss just the the camaraderie of being together. There's something, and and I just need that help. I, we need each other. I need you. You need me. Um, it's just it's just important. We've all got needs. And I don't care who you are or where you are today. Uh, no matter how much you look like you got it together right now, uh, I promise. I know you have needs. There are things that you just can't do for you on your own. We need each other. We absolutely need each other. Now we're going through our core values right now, and each week just sort of looking at what what makes us us. You know, what defines us as a church, and what are those things that we hold dear, and what are those guiding uh, values that make us uh, that make us who we are. Week one we looked at the first, which was today's a new day, and that's about grace and how there's the potential of of, <laughs> of a new day. The second was uh, that anything's possible. It talks about faith. We believe in a big God who can do anything. We pray big prayers and we, we just go big because God's big enough. Third is that people are primary, right? That we, we love people. They're our priority. They, they determine everything. Everything is, is, is framed by love. And then next, uh, last week we talked about how we're the church. It's our responsibility. We are the church. It's, it's us. We, we the people. We, we're the church. Um, and so today I want to talk about the next promise 
Um, and this next one promises that God, uh, he's got really good news for us, that God has actually provided all the help that I need, all the help that you need. He has already surrounded us with help. We've got all the help we need to accomplish whatever, whatever we get need of. And uh, he's already made provision for everything. And, and the question is just simply, where is it? You know, where is that help? If God's made provision, if there's help all around us, where is it? How do I get it? And I uh, want it. What's the key to unlock it? Where, where is this help? And that's what we're going to look at. And so to answer that question of where is the help, I'm going to turn to, uh, to Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and another movie recommendation for you. If you haven't seen the B movie, so it's a little bit old, but uh, animated movie, but I highly recommend you go watch B movie. Um, it's got a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of heart in it. Um, and the value that it sort of pulls out that we're going to talk about today is this. We're better together. We're better together. Now, some of you may be wondering, where's Nemo? That used to be the, the value that we had uh, finding Nemo. You know, listen, I think uh, it's time to retire Nemo. Time for something new. We're 10 years in, and uh, we're going with another kid's movie here, so we're going to go with B-movie. Um, and there's something, I think it's actually a better metaphor for us. Um, bees and flowers. It's quite an incredible dynamic when you look at the biology of bees. Right now is the time of year bees are starting to come out. You're starting to see you know, all the different types of, uh, of bugs flying around. As, it, as the weather gets warmer, we're, we're starting to see that. And there's some biological di- dynamics in relationships. There's uh, really three different types. Uh, there's more, but there are three, three primary types of relationships are what we'll call competition, um, where that's where each species uh, experiences what you'd call reduced fitness um, where they, they both they fight with each other over certain things, and it's a sort of a lose-lose situation. Then there's uh, what, what we know as exploitation or even parasitism, um, and that's where one uh, extracts a benefit while the other one loses, so that's win-lose, right? They, they draw benefit at the expense of another. Um, and then the last one is what we want to focus on today, and that's called mutualism, and that's the way that two organisms interact, where they both mutually experience a benefit from it, where they both thrive because of this. Uh, bees and flowers have that sort of mutualistic relationship. Bees, uh, they feed on the nectar and the sugars and the water that they find in flowers. And uh, so after collecting the nectar and the pollen, see a bee, you know, buzzing around a flower. Right? They eat, they, they, they get on there, they, and on the, they get the pollen on themselves, and they fly back to their colonies. And that nectar mixes with other enzymes and exposed to air for several days. And what happens in that hive, it's pretty magical, it turns into honey. That, that pollen that they bring back, that nectar, everything turns into honey. And honey feeds the colony. That's what bees, that's what bees feed on. Um, and flowers benefit as well because when the bees come, they, they again grab that pollen. It, it sticks to them and they fly off to each of these flowers and they begin to pollinate other flowers and it allows the flowers to reproduce in, in a way that they would never be able to without, without assistance. They need help and the bees provide that help. So the bees get fed, the flowers get pollinated. I mean, it's, it, it's fantastic. It allows them to reproduce. And that's how we get fruits and vegetables and plants, all that green that you see out there. Bees are a big part of that ecosystem. So if no, if no bees, right, the, the, the many flowers would just die out and there would be a, a, lack, of, a lack of vegetation in our world. Um, and it's actually interesting because it's not just the bees that benefit. It's not just the flowers that benefit. But like, hey, listen, I'm benefiting. Like, honey nut Cheerios, anybody? Come on, right? Like, honeycombs, we get to eat all, I mean, I love, tea. I love honey in my tea. We get, we get all sorts of good stuff. Local honey is supposed to be loaded with benefits, health, um, even allergies, because it's got that local pollen in it. So, honey from, you know, California, alright, but honey from right here, it's supposed to actually be helpful if you got allergies. You, you, you have some of that honey, it's supposed to help your body 
you know, acclimate to the, the pollen in the area and, and minimize your allergies. Honey has been found to have antiseptic uh, properties as well as uh, antibacterial properties. So modern medicine, they use honey sometimes to, uh, to treat wounds and combat infection. Honey is actually pretty, it's, it's amazing what it can do. Um, so it's sort of this extraordinary relationship, not just the bees, not just the flowers, but everybody, the whole world benefits from this mutually beneficial relationship, which I think is such a great metaphor uh, for what we're talking about here. It's also really interesting to me, get a little bee history here, a little bee, uh, bee knowledge here dropping it on you, but um, bees live in community. They don't just, they're not isolated. They live in communities, often between, I don't know, up to 60,000, 20 to 60,000 bees can live in a colony. Um, and they've got diverse roles. They've got a queen bee whose job is to, to, to reproduce. You've got male drone bees whose only job is to mate. You've got worker bees who are all the females and they do all the work. I mean, it's a lot like life. Um, and worker bees can do everything from nurse the young bees, the larvae. Uh, they clean the hive. They attend to the, to the queen bee. They can uh, clean other bees. They clean the hive itself. They can do maintenance workers. They, ma- they maintain the hive. Some collect water. Um, some build honeycomb. Some are the pollen packers. Uh, some ripen the nectar actually by fanning it with their wings. Uh, there's some who forage, they go and collect. There's guards that stand outside. There's even undertakers who take care of the dead bees and get them out so that they don't pile up inside. It's amazing. It's fascinating. We study all these different roles that go on within, within a hive. And I just find it interesting, right? A bee could never make honey on its own. Not a chance. It needs all those other jobs going on to make honey. It, ne- it requires complete and absolute cooperation between everybody to make it work. So it's this huge effort together, plus mutualistic relationship with flowers and things to make it all happen. I just thought the parallels between that and what God calls the church, what God calls us to, is, is just so unique, so similar. It's, it's, it's fascinating. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4, we read this from, from Paul. He says it's about the church. He says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Again, that's the body is the church. It says, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. See, the church is a body. It's a metaphor that God chose to use. He didn't say the church is a building. He didn't say the church is an, a business or an organization or a structure. The church is not a, anything like that. It's a living body. And bodies are a collection complex systems again you've got all these complex systems you've got the circulatory system in the body and the respiratory system so the circulatory is blood respiratory is your your breath right your digestive system with your food and your 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 nourishment the endocrine system which is your your hormones and how you grow right there's the exocrine system which is your skin your nails your hair your sweat your appearance sort of the the dressing the window dressing of us there's the immune system which is huge right now we're so aware of our immune system that's your defense system how does your body fight any threats towards it there your muscular system which is about movement you know how, how you move there's the nervous system which is about feeling the reproductive system which controls our ability to produce life the skeletal system holds it all together that's our structure the bones in there and so there's, it's just amazing, all these systems in the body, all those systems in, in, in a hive, right? We find this just great complexity, great diversity. And there's been a lot of conversation recently about, uh, last few months really, about what are essential workers, essential jobs and essential roles, right? And non-essential. And I want to ask you, in a body, which one of those systems is not essential? Like, which one of those can take a day off? Like, what if you, 
What if your skeletal system just took a day off? Uh, it would be just a bunch of droopy messes, like all over the place, right? Salvador Dali everywhere. It would just be weird. Right? We, our immune systems definitely can't take a day off. Your respiratory system, you just stop, I just stop breathing for a day. Right? You cannot count. There's not a single system in the body that isn't essential. Every single thing is essential. Even within, the, within that hive structure of a, bee, of a bee colony, which one of those jobs is not essential? Right? If the queen stops, that hive goes into complete disarray. If the queen dies, unless that queen is replaced, it's, it's almost inevitable that that hive will just die out, that they will disperse, it, it'll, it'll disappear. Right? But the queen's not the only one that's important. The worker bees, everybody, like right now, what's one of our most important essential workers? Cashiers. Would you have put them at the top of your list when you think of essential workers? You know, maybe not. Who, who, probably not. But right now, guess what? They're making the world go round. There's all sorts of essential workers right, that we take for granted that are so important. Everybody's essential. That's why this conversation is a little complicated. When we talk about essential, non-essential, there's, there's nothing that we're doing that's not important. All right? And if you're part of the body, even more so in the kingdom of God, God says you are all part of the body, which means very simply that if you're part of the body of Christ, if you're part of the church, you are essential. Every single one. You have a role to fulfill. You've got a unique, special role that God has created you specifically for that nobody else can do. Right? You can do something that no one else is able to contribute to the body. And we need you to do it. I need you to do your job. You are essential. What that also means is that everybody else is essential as well. They all have a role to fulfill. Right? There, are, there are no throwaway people. Everybody's valuable. Everybody's got purpose in this life. That's one of the, the, the things that a, a worldview influenced by Jesus it brings to the table. Right? Every single person has value. We are all part of one body. There's not a single person that is outside that realm. There's not anybody that's minimized or neglected or overlooked. There's nobody that we can marginalize because God says you are all part of one body. He actually warns us the things that you think are great now are going to be lesser than. The things that you think are lesser now are going to be greater than. God reminds us that we have no understanding of how important every single part of this body is. Think about pinkies, right? You think pinkies not that important. How are you going to drink tea without a pinky? Can't do that, right? How can I give a high five without a pinky? I can't do the high five. It's only a high four, right? Oh, there's, there's all sorts of things. You know, teeth, little small tooth. Right? You, you knock a tooth out. You can live without a tooth. Absolutely. If a tooth gets infected, let me tell you, do you feel it? Does your whole body, it can create fevers. It can destroy the whole body. One little thing can throw the whole thing out of whack. Everybody's got important. There are no throwaway people. There are people that are hurting that are broken, that are lost, that sometimes create pain. But every one of those people have been created in the image of God and they have purpose and they've got value in the kingdom of God. They were created for a reason, though they may not have found it out yet. We believe in divine value in, in the purpose of life in every single person. Incredibly high value on life because of the gift that God gave to each one of us. We are all part of one body. And the point of that body, the purpose of that body is to work together like bees and like the systems in our body. We are better when we work together. I just want to just pause for a moment and just say togetherness. We say we're better together. Togetherness isn't about gathering. It's not only about gathering. It's not that we're better when we're in the same place. But it's that we're better when we're on the same page. 
when we're working together, when we're aligning. Your family isn't less together when they're in different states or in different parts of the world or when they're separated. It doesn't mean your family is less together. Right? Together, can, it can mean gathering, but that's not all it means. The church has always been apart and together. That's really it. People say to gather and scatter. It's that. It's that's what we do. But it's it's constantly that we are apart and together at the same exact time. That's what the church globally does. The church in 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 China or the church in India, the church in uh, in Nigeria right now. We are apart but together. We are one church, geographically not connected. The church in Mexico that we go to work on that we were supposed to be at a few weeks ago that we couldn't go. We're not physically together, but we are absolutely together in heart, in soul, in mind, in purpose. We are unified. God's got one church. We are all together. That's what missionaries do. They work with us, apart from us. Right? That's what the church around the corner does. They work with us, but apart from us. We are all working in different places, but with togetherness, one heart, one mind. That's what we're doing right now. And God goes one further. He doesn't just say, you're better together. He doesn't just say that. He says we belong together. See what I did there? Sorry, that was bad. That we belong together. That we belong together has to do with identity. He says you don't just, not just part of one body, but you belong to each other. You will never be more fulfilled, more at peace, more content than you do when you display what God has created you to do. When you do it in the way that you were created to do it. We were made to be part of something greater than ourselves. No question. We were never meant to be lone rangers out there doing our own thing. We were meant to be part of this body. This incredible thing called the church. We talked about what the church is last week and our mission and all that. But you are part of that uniquely. We are apart but together. In that one heart, one mind. And here's what it says. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes this, verse 16. He says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, when even one of us chooses not to do our part or to do it poorly, the whole body feels it. We we can keep living, but we might limp. We might be sick. We're in a weakened state. God has put us all together together. And we need to each do our part. When we do our own thing, we get no help and we give no help. Very simply, when you do your own thing, you get no help and you give no help. But when you're part of the body, all of a sudden, all those other systems are fighting for you. We may succeed with what we had hoped to accomplish if we're on our own. But we'll probably not succeed in those things that matter most. When we each do our part, God's very clear here. We all win. Whole body, healthy, growing, full of love. So what? Let's wrap this up. So what? God has surrounded you with help. You have everything you need today. God has created people to help you be healthy and growing and full of love. The people all around, that's what the church is. The church is a people, a community of people that are committed to helping you be healthy and growing and full of love. And he loves you so much that he's already prepared everything that you're going to have need for within that group of people. The church is the answer for the world today. I have no, no doubt about that. That's my, my conviction that the church is God's solution to solving the problems, solving every need 
that all those needs find their fullness. Listen, everybody, when they come into the church, they get into a healthy body that is growing and they begin to grow. And if they come in with sickness, guess what? That sickness is felt by us, but then absorbed by us. And that health that we bring to it helps nurse them to health so that now not only are they healthy, but now they are contributing back to the church, giving health and growth and filling us with love because of now watching them come and thrive. It's this ever-growing, ever-growing community, this body that's getting bigger and stronger and filled with people who've got such unique gifts to bring to bear. So how do we get that? How do we unlock it? How do we access that help? Very simply. And here comes the faith portion of the message. You've got to trust others for it. The help that you need, you've got to trust others for it. You have to trust so much that you do your part in expectation and in faith that others will do theirs. It's not conditional. I don't come to the church. I don't come to the body and bring my gift saying, I will, hey, listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to do my part and I'm just going to, I'll do it if you, you go first. You do yours first. When we say we're better together, we can't just say, hey, we're better together. I believe that. I believe that everybody's got something to give, but you go first. When we, if we want to live out this value, we've got to come to the table fully aware that this is a step of faith. Say, I'm going to bring and give what I have to give. I'm going to serve somebody else's needs. I'm going to give what I have to give in the hope, in faith that this other body, that the whole body will in return do their part. We need to be all in. How could we do that? How could we ever have that kind of faith? Very simply, that... We, we have confidence because the same God who's at work in me is at work in you. And the same God that's in work in you is at work in somebody else. So if God can help me and give me confidence and give me peace and give me the courage that I need to step out and give what I have to give, then you can step out and give what you have to give in faith that your needs will be met. But we don't start with that qualification. We just give. We give unconditionally. Trusting that God's got this whole thing fit together perfectly and that we're going to have what we need. If we want to know what this looks like, we need to be all in. And Paul shows us what that looks like. And I just want to close with this. It's, it's the next verse in Romans chapter 12 there. It's starting in verse 6. I'm just going to, I'm going to read this for you. I just want you to listen. It says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, just to speak for him. If God's put a message in you that he wants you to share with someone, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And then Paul just starts to let it rip here. And this is such powerful stuff for what it means to give unconditionally, to give, to be part of the body, to do what we do well. He says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I mean, you could take this verse and just read this every day for the next month. These verses here. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep 
on praying again. Anything's possible. Big faith. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Oh man, what an upside down world we live in. God, God sees it right side up. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Boy, I'm telling you, he is not pulling any punches here. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Listen, God has given you a gift. Something to offer. He didn't miss anybody. Everybody listening today, if you are viewing this, no matter where you are, you have a gift that God has created you with that is meant to be part of a body, that is meant to build up this body to help it be growing and healthy and full of love. And it takes you stepping out to give it. And as you give it, it's amazing what happens. When you begin to give, you begin to receive. You cannot outgive God. When, he, when you give to the body, you get back. You might be one system, you're getting a hundred systems back. As you do your part, you know that you are being someone's help and you can have confidence that your help is on the way. Listen, if the church can truly live this out, sweeter than honey. Sweeter than honey. We'll be healthy, growing, full of love. Undeniably, we are better together. So church, right now, I know we can't gather at the moment, but we are absolutely better together. Continue to give what you have to give. Call on each other. When you give, as you give, you will find that you get back more than you've ever given. Uh, so God is so good in the way that he's designed it. He's just the grand designer. We can see it all over in every, in every system, how God makes things work together for good. Division is no good. Division is absolutely, it separates. A house divided cannot stand. But a unified church, telling you, what we can't do, anything is possible if we will commit to being that healthy body, growing, full of love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for everybody that's listening today. I pray that you would just now, in this moment, speak to them. Reveal what it is that you've put in them to give. Help us to see and perceive Lord, the ways that you have helped us, the people that you have already sent our way, the great help that we have in each other. And Lord, give us the courage to be part of the body, not to isolate ourselves, but to commit to being part of something so great that it truly is the hope of the entire world, to be part of your family, the family that fills us with love, that makes us healthy and growing body, mind, and soul. You're such a good God. I pray for everyone today. Let them know your love today, your great love for them. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.